Love is in the air and Minky Couture has the best gift ever for your Valentine. Don't give candy and flowers a die. Give a unique and luxurious gift that lasts. Show your love you care with a new hugs blanket from Minky Couture. Nothing says I love you like a warm, cozy Minky Couture blanket that hugs you back. Give them a hug, and while you're at it, give yourself a hug too. You deserve it. Minky Couture has the perfect blanket that says I love you. Shop stores and online at MinkyCouture.com. Hey, this is Nancy Reed and Lisa Smith with Big Blend Radio, and we are at the West Wetlands Park in Yuma, Arizona, and we're speaking with Richard Stamp and S.B. Matlock, and they've been taking a sort of a tour of the gardens here because it's not just a park. This is actually a butterfly and wild, uh, was it say a wildlife habitat here, pretty much, Nancy? Well, it's got a habitat for wildlife, so and I guess you can and say butterflies. That. <laughs> and Richard, you were saying to me that this area used to be a landfill? This was a city dump. A city dump. And then... Until about 1960, I believe. Wow. And then how did it get into becoming a garden? Well, it, it took many, many years for the city fathers to come up with the proper agreements and funding. But in 2000, they undertook this, it's a, I believe, 140-acre area from the 4th Avenue Bridge down to 22nd Avenue north of the canal to the river as recovering it for a park and it's a multi-government mm-hmm. entity agreement with the Bureau of Land Management, uh, the BLM, Arizona Game and Fish, the Irrigation District and the City of Yuma are the main people involved with it but it took a whole lot to get done and they've allowed us to come in and start redeveloping it into a park. Mm -hmm. So most everything here you can look at is from the year 2000 till now. Wow. So we're looking at a 15 year project to date. It's amazing because you this actually you can walk from here all the way to what's known as the East Wetlands which is right outside Gateway Park and that's a whole other restored area as well. So it's kind of like this whole restored belt around along the Colorado River, right? Correct. And that's the main thing they're trying to do is get it to where you can actually go all the way to where the Gila and the Colorado connect in together. So wow. that's where we went from the canoe trip. Right. And that's city, actually yeah. one of the things I found out that is the city symbol, where you see on the side of the door, it's the two rivers flowing together, and then it comes right this oh, way. Oh, the city logo. That, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So there's no way you'd ever tell that this was once a dump. But what happened to all the stuff? It's got a six-foot dirt cap over the top of it. They did not try to remove it. They just encapsulated it. Ah. And if, when you were talking about going to the East Wetlands, there's an equestrian trail right over here on the mm-hmm. next to the canal. They've actually got plans for that to go clear to Sears Point, which is out by Dayton. It's about a 60 or 70-some mile wow. equestrian trail. Now, the funding has kind of went away for that, and it's been put on the back burner. Hopefully, at some point, the money will come back together for that. That would be a... Wow, a, that's a, incredible. I mean, Dateland's, it's out by Tacna. It's past it's Tacna. Past, yeah, past it's, past a, it's, a, it's at the edge of the miles. Yuma mm-hmm. County line. Mm-hmm. It's a, a beautiful wow. area out at Sears Point. That's pretty out there. To go investigate. I know. We'll go We'll go try. We don't have horses, but... Petroglyphs. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. now the petroglyphs we've been out right, there with right the painted area. rocks are, that area. Well, but it's not painted rock. There's a okay. difference between Sears Point and painted rock. Yeah. Okay. There's more petroglyphs at Sears Point than I think oh. dance area than anywhere else in the U.S., I believe. Wow. 
Well, I'm glad we're sitting and talking to you guys today. Yeah. Where I thought we were going to talk about plants, but, but now don't tell anybody, that. okay? Yeah. No. It's like road trip. <laughs> All right, I know what we're doing now. Yeah. So now the garden right here is where the butterfly garden and the hummingbird garden is, and one of the first things you were talking to us about were the different trees. And, you know, a lot of people don't think about trees being part of a hummingbird or a butterfly habitat, but it's important, right? Correct. Do they have to have somewhere to put their nests and cocoons mm -hmm. to be built and shade? Shade's a big one out here in the desert. Yeah, all big one. Well, you got a lot of hummingbirds, and um, one of the trees, the first one, Espy, you were talking, showing us, uh -huh. you thought that there was something wrong with the tree where people would think, oh, what well, is the bark peeling off? But that's an actual tree that does that normally. Yeah, that's part of what the tree does normally. It's got the exfoliating bark where from its juvenile stage it stays on there and acts as like mm -hmm. a protective layer and then has mm -hmm. anything else it just sheds it. It's got it's sunburn. Done. So if you're not a person used to the desert and you hear there's a park and there's a, a garden in it, you might come in expecting to see pansies and geraniums, geraniums, hydrangeas, and something you'd see in a botanical yeah. garden, but this is kind of different, um, you know, when you look at the flowers. So can you talk a little bit about why that is? A lot of it is, like you said, I mean, they expect daisies and roses mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. whatnots, things like that, but here, I mean, you'll see more of the things are like small bell-shaped or like you have the fairy duster or the bottle brush where they're all uniquely different. They're not your typical standard blooming flower look. Probably the reason is the intense sun mm -hmm. and us trying to do it on a low budget. Mm -hmm. the, one of the most expensive things we have is water. Mm -hmm. So we want to maintain it with the low water use plants. So almost everything that gets planted is fairly easy on the wallet as far as how much water it takes. I think that's even for home gardeners, that's something that we want to do is have not be spending too much on water. So more and more zero scale. So yeah, right. so these are pretty much adaptive, you know, if, if they're not native, they're going to be more desert adaptive. For the full plants. year too, a lot okay. of it, like how with our grass, I mean, we do half winter and half summer. Okay. A lot of the stuff you see here, it'll be all year round. It'll be there. It may not bloom, but it it'll just switch to go in just to green foliage, and it'll survive in the heat. So it's they're every perennials and evergreens yeah. almost. We don't plant any annuals in in any of the parks. What's your favorite plant for you out here? I would have to say the ironwood, just for the fact that I've always seen the ironwood from here to Picacho to anywhere. It's, to me, it's got like three different colors. You'll see like a gray, then the green comes and gets real heavy, and then it actually blooms to the purple blooms that it has. What is the one that, that does exfoliate the bark? What, what tree was that? It's a Palo Blanco. Palo Blanco. Mm. It Sounds looks like kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people, too, have confused that one with the weeping willows. Mm. They've said, mm. well, how can I get that willow? I'm like, well, that's not a willow. The one... Mm -hmm. that looks like a regular tree with purple flowers over there. That's a desert willow. That's a native tree. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's native. For you, what, what's your favorite? Probably the screw bean mesquite. I love seed pods mm -hmm. on the, the different trees. And the, the seed pod in the Texas ebony is one of my favorites. But I just love the screw bean mesquite seed pods. They're neat. I mean, doesn't that kind of, when, when you don't have flowers, that gives you another decorative kind of Absolutely. feature? Absolutely, if, if you can see it. Yeah, some, some people can't see it. But, uh, 
Well, you got to come see the screw beans here, right outside right. the restrooms. They look like stars almost. Yeah. They look like satellites. Yeah, it's, it's space. They're aliens, yeah. They're space. Well, that was next to that other tree. You were calling them monkey pods? Well, Texas ebony. That was and, the and Texas they'll, ebony. they'll refer to them as monkey pods. Those were big pods. And, and that's and another one, too, mm-hmm. that will refer to people as like a low, low water, slow growing, where... One of the problems we deal with is like right tree, right place, where they say, "Well, I have a small area. Where can I? What can I put?" Mm-hmm. And we'll tell them, "Well, if you don't mind thorns, the Texas ebony's a good one. It grows slow and mm-hmm. can be in small areas." But now you were talking about how you actually get them to grow from seed, and that's not an easy thing to do. No, when we propagate, when, when time and money allows, mm-hmm. we try to grow a lot of our own plants. Okay. Uh, when we propagate the desert trees, we'll usually do it from seed. And to scarify the seed, we have to scratch the seed so the water can penetrate it. Mm-hmm. We'll actually put them in a blender jar and just chop the whole seed pod up. It'll also scarify the seed. And then we use water to float off the debris. Mm-hmm. We'll let the seeds set in the water overnight. And any seeds that float up to the top overnight weren't good seed anyway so then we'll plant what's left in the bottom of the water and we can raise our hmm. percentage of trees that we get popping that's cool it is cool yeah. I'm, I'm going to try that you can't you don't have I a know. garden well when they do have a home again if we ever get one again <laughs> well you know I want to Grab touch a bunch on of stuff on your on one of your trips yeah, yeah right you know. she's a nip and tuck do yeah. you get a lot of people that come through here and kind of like here I'm going to take a little nip of your aloe and go and they'll actually ask you too hey can I do you mind if oh, yeah, yeah sure because you got aloe and they're blooming now even mm-hmm. and you wouldn't think in winter where it's winter right now that you'd have blooming aloe but here in Yuma seems like things can bloom year-round and I think that's whoever did a selection, plant selection for the mm-hmm. butterfly garden and the hummingbird garden. They put different things in that would have bloomings it, it, when was appropriate for the migrating mm-hmm. birds yeah. and butterflies. Because even now you've got the hummingbirds, you've got you want Anna's, Rufus, Costas, Blackchin, Blackchin yes. too, yeah. yeah. And little verdans, I was looking at little verdans today, those little cute little little finchies. finchies. Yeah, I think they're a verdans. We would have thought they're hummingbirds. Well, no, it's, it's a verdant, but you've got a beautiful garden here. And, and you've um, even got a bunch of quail running around yeah. down here too right now. That's their their little place under there. Under that we tree saw them here in the morning, yeah. and that's their little area. If you see the sign over down by the butterfly garden, it's in Spanish, but it says quail trail. Quail it's trail, how, huh? how it interprets to English. And then you've got Chester. we got to talk about Chester over because there's a whole pond area and people go fishing there and Chester seems to hang out with the fishermen. Chester's a big egret, right? Chester's a big egret that's been here for most of three years and most of the egrets don't hang around right in the heat of the season Mm -hmm. but Chester seems to and he'll come down and the fishermen I guess have got him ruined because they'll feed him the small fish that they don't want to keep. And so mm. Chester will just land up next to the edge of the pond, which is a concrete-lined, or concrete-edged pond, and you'll see him just start sidestepping yeah. toward the guys that are fishing, and if they don't <laughs> make any movements to chase him away, pretty soon he'll be within five or six feet, just like he's one of the fishermen. Just, he's just waiting. He's, he's just cool. hanging. <laughs> one thing that it's, I wanted to note that you actually have weddings. People come here and have weddings? 
We get a lot of requests for weddings. I actually sit on Mondays. We have our request meetings for the different facilities and from the wetlands to the Gateway mm -hmm. Park, the ramps and the different areas here at the Hummingbird Garden. They'll continuously request weddings. Interesting, interesting. So you said you have around 40 parks in the city. Yeah, I don't have an exact number, mm -hmm. but it, it's approximately 40, and we certainly do not have enough staff to maintain them to the, what, what we could do. Mm. I think it's important because it, it makes Yuma a place to come and live and work, and it makes the city pretty. And mm -hmm. the quality of life yeah. is a little better if you right. can especially get the yeah. kids out and running around and put their Game Boys get down. Outside. Yeah, get, get rid of the... Yeah, they just had one of those this past weekend in one of my areas on the east side of town the park social they've been doing a lot of those during the year where they actually just kind of rotate throughout all the parks in the city to draw the people out like hey come have some mm -hmm. hot dogs with us and play some games and cool. get outside be active a lot of the people see the flyers and they think well i didn't even know right behind me there was there was a park i'm gonna go check it out and see what's going on and i think part of the thought process going into that is they want the neighbors to take ownership of the park so if they see something going on over at the park that probably shouldn't be going on at a park they know enough to call the police and you don't have a community if the community is not part of it that's you know correct. what i mean it's our city kind of thing well we don't live here we're headquartered here but you know it's when you live in a place you, the city grounds and the parks that's part of your community and it's it's important that people are part of it and once you get like it. me once i've gotten into all my areas and been around them a few times you you have those people that in that area that they always bring things to your attention or mm -hmm. talk to you and I'll give them my phone number and I notice this or I notice mm -hmm. that oh okay yeah, thanks thanks for that's your help that's cool well the parks so I think cool. you know the variety of parks you have here are really unique like Roxa Boxen Park we found that the other day have so, you read the book no I heard that there's a book about you, you, this you, it's for kids but it, it'll make that's you appreciate okay. the park <laughs> well it's, it's about my reading level <laughs> She could do that. I could handle that. No, right. But I thought it was neat because it looks like people bring rocks and they paint their state name on there and then go and place them there. Or they'll send them to us and we'll go and we'll place them by the sign and yeah. then they'll take a picture and send it to them and say, yeah, I got your rocks. I placed them for you. I, at one point, I was on a maintenance route that took care of that and I got more out-of-town visitors stopping there and they were usually oh. retired educators uh -huh. or grandparents and the educators were down trying to see what was going on but the grandparents quite frequently were bringing a rock that their kids had painted wow That's but cool. we like Espy was saying we also get a lot of boxes in the mail where a class read the book and they decorated a rock and they sent it to us well that's neat we I gotta like take that. Priscilla well, you oh, haven't yes. met Priscilla is our pink sock monkey. She goes everywhere. She's our mascot. <laughs> we'll have to take her there. Actually, that's a good idea. Yeah, she should paint a rock. She should paint a rock. I, I went to Priscilla's the rocks in one morning when I was on my route, and I was disgusted because I saw some trash out in the park that wasn't normal type. Oh. It wasn't a McDonald's wrapper. It appeared to be a small portable TV with an antenna sticking up, and it's just out in the park. And so I walked over, and I copped a bad attitude as soon as I saw it. When I got over there, it was a square rock that had been painted. 
cool. And they did. They had glued a TV or a, a little V on top of it for an That's antenna cool. that they had it painted up like a, a TV, and it stayed there. But somebody, somebody did take it. No, I, man, I, I, that always is going to happen somewhere. It, yeah. It, after I saw it, it really made me smile. It, it, cool. it changed my attitude That's for the day. That's cool. Right on. Clever. Well, thank you so much, guys, and for taking us around and showing us the different plants. There's a lot of. How many plants do you think you have here, varieties? I have no idea. That's a lot. And you're saying this is 140 acres, right? Yeah, the area is 140 acres. Wow. So that's a, a lot of different plants. We've, we've got problems with uh, species coming in that we don't want. We're trying to carry, you know, get rid of. And then all the, we're trying to do native stuff down mm -hmm. by the river. Then restoring it, too, it's and rehabilitating it. Yeah. yeah, big job, but it's beautiful. Taking the invasives out. That's something when we went on oh, the canoe yeah. trip that we could see. We started at the Gila confluence, like you were saying, and then you could see where this is where, you know, mm -hmm. all the plants that aren't supposed to be there are there, you know. And then all of a sudden, as soon as you hit the area where it's being restored, you know, the birds were like tenfold. I yeah. mean, there was just so many it's more beautiful. variety of birds and different species. So it's the same here to see the the change when you start yeah, and they're the trying right to, to get rid, of, like you said, get rid of everything down there and just bring back in the cottonwoods and the willows and things that mm -hmm. naturally were there. And that's why you got bobcat babies down there. Yep. Cool. Cool. All right, everybody. <laughs> the website to check this all out is yumaaz.gov. Thank you. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better. You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.